This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. We all were dealt a different set of cards. And so you have to ask yourself two questions. Who are you? Truly, who who are you? And what do you want? And without listening to what other people are telling you that you should want, do you want it though? Is this still truly what you want? Welcome to Latinas Take the Lead, a podcast about all things Latina. For our very first episode, we have the honor of having as our guest the first Mexican-born woman in space, Katia Echazarreta. In case you haven't heard about Katia, she is a rock star. At 27 years old, she's already traveled to space. She's contributed to five NASA missions. She's a space activist in Mexico, and more on that in our interview. She's been on the cover of Vogue and named Glamour Woman of the Year, while at the same time pursuing a master's degree in electrical engineering. She even recently got her own custom Barbie. Katya shows us and shares with us why there's nothing Latinas can't do. Katia continues to use her story and platform to inspire future generations of women. Let's go. So I want to welcome the first Mexican-born woman in space, Katia Echazarreta. Welcome to Latinas Take the Lead. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So you became the first Mexican-born woman to go to space in June of 2022, right? Talk to me about your vision of returning to space. Is that in the plans? Absolutely. But I think for me, something that I realized after this flight is that I didn't want to continue on with the opportunities and the life that I already had um, that kind of seemed like the easy way out. 
I know that I could have gone on and continued and applied for the NASA astronaut program or some of these other companies that are currently already working on training their own astronauts for future work, future missions. And that was the goal originally. And it sounds really exciting. But I knew that I had been given a platform a voice and an opportunity to help an entire country. So if I do go back and when, <laughs> if and when I do go back, I want to do it with Mexico. So I'm currently mm -hmm. working very hard to be able to get them to that point. Right. And that is fascinating because you travel to space, but you did realize according to what you're saying or what I'm getting is that the work is really here on the planet, on planet Earth, right? to yeah. uplift our community and to inspire um, little girls and even little boys that look like you, right? That have those dreams of maybe, maybe not necessarily going to space, but have dreams of becoming an engineer or doing something in the STEM field, which th in this country, in the United States, we don't have a lot of role models and representation. So I, I commend you for recognizing that the work starts here on planet Earth. Yeah. Um, and you are obviously very big on social media. And I was looking at your social media account and one particular post really like got my attention and really resonated with me. Um, your IG posts say that you come from a long line of star watchers, astronomers and dreamers. So can you expand on how our ancestors were already advanced in, in studying space? Yeah, absolutely. Our, the ancestors that we have as Latinos they were so, so rich and not necessarily with material items. I heard a story recently during one of my trips to Mexico, which just touched me so much. And essentially, when some of the Spanish colonizers, because let's call them what they were, when they came to Mexico, they went to some of the leaders of these different tribes and they said, bring me your most valuable and precious items, right? Thinking that they were going to bring gold, thinking they're going to bring jewelry and gems and precious metals. And they bring back a bunch of feathers, feathers with the most beautiful colors you can imagine, feathers of all kinds. And they said here, these are our most precious items. And that is just so beautiful to me because when I think about that and when I think about how advanced they really were, to think that these societies were thinking of them as, oh, you know, they don't know what they have. They don't even understand the types of riches that they have. But really, they did. They understood that the most important aspect of their lives was that nature, was their part in the universe and their understanding of the world without having to sacrifice any of the different living beings that already are on this planet. And so when I think about all of the learnings that they had and the way that they would observe their own place in this solar system, their own place in this universe without maybe really fully understanding the magnitude of it. But the fact that they were able to do all of that and learn so much and advance so much as a society, as a civilization, but also remained in peace with the natural world around them. I think that that is so important to me and it's something that I really try to go back to constantly um, mm -hmm. because it is one of the most important things you can learn as a human being. Right. 
yes, like the advancement of the Mayan calendar or how, how advanced that was. And I feel like, I think I've heard somewhere that it's been so difficult to replicate because it was so perfect, right? Um, and they had all sorts of wisdom by looking at the stars. And, and we as a community have the right um, to pursue, you know, what our ancestors started so many hundreds of years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm I'm so happy that we have more representation in the field of of you know electrical engineering and a- astronomy and STEM and all of that. These are fields that our ancestors were experts in. And like you said, unfortunately, when they were colonized, it wasn't valued. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna reclaim that that <laughs> that piece. Um, so we went back in time, uh, and then we went. To, to, you know, we talked a little bit about your journey into space, but I want to know what you're doing now. Are you, I understand that you are pursuing um, your, your education, you're, you're, you're pursuing your master's in electrical engineering, correct? Yes, I am amongst a million other things. So it's kind of just like my little night activity. <laughs> <laughs> And what, so you're, you're pursuing your master's in electrical engineering. You're obviously very active on social media. You are a host for, um, a YouTube Netflix series. You are starting a foundation, right. To, to help advocate for more people in astronomy throughout Mexico and Latin America. Um, what else are you doing? Talk to us about, you know, get, give, give us a peek into your world. Yeah, right now, this particular moment is extremely mm-hmm. stressful <laughs> because <laughs> all of the different things that I've been working on and all the different ideas that I had after my flight, uh, we've been working on them slowly, but everything is kind of starting to come together all at the same time, which has been a lot and very overwhelming for my entire team. But I am just so grateful that they feel so passionate about the projects just like I do, because truly, I wouldn't be able to do one-tenth of the things that I do if I didn't have a team with me, which I think is something really important to acknowledge, right? We're not doing this by ourselves. There's absolutely no way we could do that. Mm -hmm. To give a little summary of everything I've been up to, right now I have three major projects. Mm -hmm. And one of them is probably the taking the highest priority right now. And that is a constitutional reform for the Mexican constitution. So essentially... Back when the uh, Morelos 1 and 2 satellites were going to be launched almost 40 years ago, Mexico needed to create some laws in and reform their constitution a little bit in order to allow these satellites, um, you know, to have the, the full legal permissions in order to be able to use them, build them, collaborate with NASA so that they could launch them. And that is also how they set their very first Mexican astronaut, um, who was Dr. Rodolfo Nerivela. So he was in charge of understanding these satellites. They were going to be sent out with NASA, but they didn't want NASA to have to be responsible for having to learn everything about how they worked. And so they sent him with a team of NASA astronauts so that he could oversee the operation. Now, Mm -hmm. that was almost 40 years ago, and nothing has happened since then. So Mm -hmm. Mexico has not been able to do more than basic satellite work for the past 40 years. That's all they've been able to do. And so the first step that we need is to start opening up those laws to create basically the the legislative base necessary for Mexico to have a space sector. Now, Mm -hmm. um, politics is something that I was not really familiar with prior to this, uh, other than, you know, 
voting and and getting educated on the different topics so you can be an educated voter, but actually being in politics and working with politicians and working with trying to pass laws, that is something I had no experience with. So it has been kind of a learning curve. But I think something that really helps me is the fact that I'm not a politician. And so I can go to pretty much any politician and there isn't this issue of, oh, but I'm from this party and you're from this party and we shouldn't really be talking. And I'm able to talk to them human to human. This is what we need, Mexican to Mexican. And they're Mm -hmm. a lot more receptive about it. Um, The only problem we have at the moment is that we have to pass this before September because Mm -hmm. it just like it works here also in the United States, if it gets to a certain point, then the current elected officials are going to decide to wait until the next political term. So so, so the people that are listening that aren't that familiar with, with the Constitution and policies and all of this, if you change the Constitution, what will that allow Mexico to do or, or Mexicans to do? What's, t- talk to us, um, explain it in, in, in a few words. Absolutely. So a lot of people don't actually know this, but mm-hmm. Mexico cannot launch a rocket legally. Wow. Wow. Mexico cannot have a space program like they have in the U.S. or in Europe legally. Mm-hmm. And so wow. that is what we need to create. We need to create the laws necessary so that Mexico can begin to regulate the airspace now, not only for airplanes, but also mm-hmm for outer space activities. That is the number one thing we have to accomplish because the problem here is, sure, the laws don't exist and so the government's not able to do it, but private industry cannot do it either. That's the thing. Wow. And we need to explore space, right? Um, Because it's the next frontier, like they keep saying. I, I really admire how you go you know, you grab the bull by its horns and go into these industries that are so male dominated, such as electrical engineering, such as politics. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there a m- mantra or, or a saying that you say to yourself when you're about to enter a room full of men, when you're about to be questioned by a man um, about what you want, what you want to accomplish? Some of these spaces have been very scary, particularly within politics, because mm-hmm. if you walk into some of these rooms and it's possible that they'll give you a microphone and they'll give you the floor, but whether they listen to you is a whole other story. Um, right. I was especially shocked when I went into the Mexican Congress because you would just see congressmen over here, congresswoman over there, congresswoman over here, uh, congressman over there talking with five other people when they're supposed to be, you know, sitting down, listening to the speakers, but they're not, (laughs) they're just all over the place and they're giving you a microphone. They're giving you the stand and it is, you know, your time. You have five minutes only. You cannot go past that. And I'm seeing people come before me speaking and absolutely nobody listening. And so I realized that something that I do before events like this, when I know, okay, it's going to be hard. They're not paying attention. And this is my five minutes, I don't get another opportunity. Um, In my head, I just kind of repeat, all right, I'm going to make you listen. I'm going to make you listen. You're gonna listen to me. Mm -hmm. And that really riles me up, which is necessary, because when you show up to spaces like this, being 
confident is one of the most important things when you walk into that room and if they see you and you're hunching and your eyes are looking down and you refuse to meet their eyes you know they're not going to listen to you and they're not going to take whatever you say seriously even mm -hmm. if you believe it so wholeheartedly and you know that this is the right way to go that is one of the hardest things to accomplish and particularly when i was in the congress i remember i walked up there and everyone is chattering all over the place and they're standing all over the place and i remember that i just i looked up angled my microphone and i talked as loudly as i possibly could into that microphone Mm -hmm. with such a strong, solid voice that it shocked them. Every mm -hmm. single one of them stopped whatever they were doing to look up at me. And the important part is once you're able to accomplish that, now you have to keep them there. You mm -hmm. cannot allow their gaze to move away once you're able to capture it. And so that is one of the most important skills that I've had to learn because I'm actually a very quiet, shy introverted person but i like to say i'm an extrovert when i have to be i taught right. myself how to be one when i need to get something right no and that's great that's that's a great tool that you've developed in order to take up that space right and and we need to use and have these tools in all kinds of different places in the workplace when we're asking for a raise, right? Or when we're asking for a sponsorship or a loan for our business or anything in life. So I think it's such an important skill to learn. And we should all learn it as, as women, um, especially women of color, right? That sometimes yeah. we are used to being sometimes ignored, dismissed, put aside, or just, you know, not taken as seriously as as we should. So thank you for, for also being that example. When we get back, Katia tells us about how she started training to become an astronaut at age seven, and also her advice on the question you need to ask yourself in order to achieve anything you want. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R I T E R U G.com today to schedule a free in home estimate or to find a location near you. 24 month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Talk to us a little bit now about your journey to like realizing that you wanted to become an astronaut. I heard you say that it's something you've always wanted to do, right? Because uh, your mom told you that that was the most difficult career to pursue. So I had that conversation with my mom when I was about seven, eight years old. And the important part of that is that my mom wasn't just pulling random things out of her head. You know, (laughs) she was Mm -hmm. seeing what I was interested in Uh and she was seeing that I would naturally gravitate towards science and STEM and space particularly. And so for her, it's sort of like, yeah, it was the one of the first things that popped into her head, but based on me, based on who I already was, which I think right. is so special. I took it so seriously. To me, it was like I had just decided that at seven years old. And I said, okay, my training starts now because in order to start training to go to space, first, I need to get a college degree. But before I can get a college degree, I need to graduate high school. And before I graduate high school, I need to graduate middle school. And before I do that, I have to do really well in elementary school, which is where I am now. So that's kind of the way that I looked at it as Mm -hmm. I am training to be able to train. Right. But I really love what you say, because I think I I actually write children's books for little girls you know, people of color and especially Latinos, bilingual books. And I always instill the importance of, you know, following your passion and not allowing voices or or things to get in, in the way, because I do truly believe that we kind of already know we're already born with something within us that is, mm-hmm. is guiding us to a certain profession, right? To a certain, you know, whatever profession or passion. Walk us through what you were like as a little girl. So I was kind of interesting because when I was a lot smaller, I mm-hmm. definitely loved playing, right? I loved to play mm-hmm. with my siblings. I loved to climb trees. I loved to get in trouble <laughs> and go into <laughs> places where I'm not supposed to be. I loved exploring if we found some random terreno, right? That's like, no one's supposed to go in there. But as I started to grow up, I realized that I was having a hard time fitting in with my peers, Because a lot of Mm -hmm. the things that I really liked and was passionate about, I felt like they were weird to other people. And so I would find myself wanting to just be with the grownups. And I would just be there with my book and just hang out with the grownups. And it was this constant, come on, come play with us. And just no, no, no. I also realized that I was working really hard to try to hide myself in order to avoid being seen in a way. And so... Mm -hmm. I was constantly wearing sweatpants and sweatsuits and these big hoodies and these big um, jackets and my hair was just always a mess, but it was intentional. It was, it was kind of just my way of saying, I don't want you to approach me. And so I'm going to make myself as unapproachable as possible mm-hmm. because whenever I do go out of my way to try to join, I'm just seen as weird. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, all right, I'll give you weird till so you'll leave mm-hmm. me alone, <laughs> kind of. So like, what kinds of things did you did you play with? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I loved learning. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. I would sign myself up for online classes. Wow. At what age? I was probably nine. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I just loved it so much. That's what Mm -hmm. I found happiness in. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't being taught a particular subject in school, like astronomy, then I would go home and I would look it up and look up videos and look up classes and give myself homework. And I just took it so seriously. School to me was the number one thing. And I think a big reason for that is that for me, even as a child, I understood that education was going to change my life. I Mm -hmm. didn't want to live the life my mom was living. And my mom didn't want me to live the life she was living either. What kind of life was she living? And my mom was living the life uh, that is very common to a lot of Latina women. Mm-hmm. You have to stay at home. Your responsibility is the household and the children. But at the same time, we didn't notice this at the time as children. Um, but my mom was also being very severely emotionally, mentally, psychologically abused by my dad. And so even though I didn't fully grasp it, I did see sort of the dynamic and I didn't like it. I didn't know it was wrong, but I knew that I didn't want that for me. I never wanted to live in a place where as soon as the man comes home, everyone just immediately stiffens up, right? Right. Now everyone goes, runs and hides. And my mom has to be all dressed up and um, her hair all done and her makeup all done to receive her husband and to serve him his food. And she's not allowed to eat until he is eating already. And if, you know, she's already eating and he's eating, but he needs something that she gets up and goes and gets it and her food gets cold. And to me, that life, it just, it it seemed so inappropriate to treat somebody like that. Somebody that, I mean, I cared about so much to see her living in that way. And my mom always told me, you know, you don't have to live like this, but it's going to take school. It's going to take a career. It's going to take you being independent. So for me, it wasn't necessarily, oh, I have to go to school because I'm being told to by Mm -hmm. my parents. It was, I have to do this because I don't want to live like that. Right. It was your way out, right? Your way yeah. out of that that vi- that cycle, that vicious cycle that we see in so many Latino families. I I have so many tias that didn't lo- learn how to drive because the dad, you know, their husbands, they don't let did them. not did not want the to let them learn how to drive and get a driver's yeah. license. And gee, I wonder why they didn't want them to drive. Yeah. They wanted not to um, give them that independence, right? So yes, it's it's amazing that we can have a a bigger vision than that and and like know that it's wrong, identify that it's wrong and break away and and change the future for our children and for future generations. Um, You had mentioned that education was super important to you and continues to be, obviously. But I also read that your first round of grades at UCLA were a series of Ds and Fs. I have two questions about that. First of all, is that true? And second of all, I love that if it is true, because it just proves that we all have to work hard to to get our, you know, to get whatever our goals are. We're we're not all born geniuses and we all struggle and we all, you know, maybe don't succeed at first. So talk to us about that. Is it true that you got D's and F's? And if so, how did you overcome that? Yeah, so it is true when it comes to tests. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never actually gotten a D or an F on, in a class, like at the end, right after everything is said and done. Um, but I've definitely struggled with grades like that during the class. You know, mm-hmm. if I get a test back and I realize, oh, well, this is great. I'm actually the lowest score out of the entire class out of 300. Um, or I would get a homework back and it would just be red all over, completely wrong, scribbled over. Um, my first quarter at, at UCLA was probably the hardest one academically for me because there are a few things happening with this. First of all, it's my first time being away from home, mm-hmm. being away from the city where I grew up, being away from the city that I've been in since I was eight years old. And on top of that, on my own. Which is San and, Diego, correct? That's where you San were. San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And secondly, I'm on a scholarship. My GPA cannot go below a certain amount or I lose it. And that's a lot of pressure. You're constantly thinking, I'm going to lose this money and I'm not going to be able to graduate because of this 1F or because of this 1D. And so it gets so overwhelming, that stress and that anxiety of not being able to fix it before the final grades come out and getting kicked out of school because now, first of all, your grades are bad. And second of all, you cannot no longer even pay for it. But when you're in a place like that, you forget the rest of the world. You forget that even though you may not be doing so well in this classroom, still cumulatively, the 200 of you that are here are probably in the top 5% of the students in your entire state. But you forget that. Right. It's all relative. Right. But I, I think it's, it's so important to acknowledge that we're, that we all fail and failure is part of life. And if you're failing, that means you're trying. So I I think it just humanizes you when I read that because it's like, okay, you know, we all struggle at achieving a goal. Yeah. uh, And we don't always get it right the first time, but, but it's about getting up and keep on trying and trying. And and it obviously worked because (laughs) (laughs) look at you now. Um, I know that our time is running out. So I had a few questions. Uh, one of them was, do you have a favorite space movie? There are so many amazing space movies out there, like, you know, um, Gravity or Interstellar, so many. Do you have a favorite? So for me, I was definitely that annoying little kid that understood a little bit more about the science and would just get so frustrated with space movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, that couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. <laughs> No, this is so wrong. (laughs) The first one that I think really caught my attention, um, once you turn your brain off, was Space Odyssey. 2001 Mm -hmm. Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. And I just love it because it starts off so well. Like, all right, yeah, some of this is like very far-fetched and and, all right, but like, let's just keep going. And then it just ends in the most ridiculous way possible with like a person becoming a space soul baby (laughs) (laughs) which just what they're more ridiculous it makes it easier to enjoy because now you're not just trying to compare to reality now it's like all right this is no longer reality whatsoever so let's just watch right so that makes total sense total total sense um another question i wanted to ask you before we log off is you know, obviously you're a role model to so many Latinas, little Latinas listening and watching you 
give them an inspiring message about, you know, pursuing their dreams and goals? Some advice that I have that is really important for me is I think it is so common for us to try to look to others for Mm -hmm. what should we do? How do I do this? I want to do what you did. So tell me exactly what you did so that I can replicate it. But I've found that the way to create a guide actually comes from within yourself because all of us are on different journeys. We're all on different paths. We all were dealt a different set of cards. And so you have to ask yourself two questions. Who are you? Truly, who who are you? And what do you want? And without listening to what other people are telling you that you should want, just sit yourself down in a quiet room or wherever you feel comfortable and block everything out and just ask yourself those two questions. Because even when something is really difficult and you're struggling so much and you don't know whether you're going to be able to get through it, do you want it though? Is this still truly what you want? Because if so, then there's only one way to go after that. Right. Love it. That's that's a beautiful message. And I totally 100% agree. Sometimes we get caught up in the glamour or, or the image without really looking within ourselves. So love it. Beautiful. Um, last question. Uh, the name of the show is Latinas Take the Lead. Tell us how you're taking the lead. Currently, I realized that we have so much more power than we think. And the more that I meet so many people that have achieved a certain level of success or an appeared certain level of success, right? Success is different to to everyone. Um, But I've met some very, very well-established people, very well-known people, very successful people. And every single one of them, I can promise you, is so normal. (laughs) They are, they are people. We're humans. We're just human beings, right? We're not extra terrestrials and we did not come from space although there is a theory that stardust right. came down to the earth but for you know for lack of of better interpretation we're all human beings i mean yeah. at the end of the day with feelings and emotions and fears exactly. and, and struggles it, it's been so beautiful to realize that and so the more that i interact with these individuals the more that i'm able to sort of step into that leadership role and say well if all of these people who are completely normal were able to do all of that, then imagine what I'm capable of. And I think that that gives me a lot of confidence in myself as well. And so no thing is too big for me anymore. You know, when I'm being told, oh, yeah, you want to do all of this, but first you have to change the Mexican constitution. Like, okay, let's do it. Uh, Yeah, you want to do all of this, but first you have to get the approval of the president. Okay, let's do it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just sort of letting go and shedding that fear and hearing words and saying, okay, I need to do all of that. All right, it's fine. I can do it. Let's just go do it. Amazing. It's possible. Anything is truly possible. If we can, I mean, there's certain things that are not possible, you know, we can't become invisible, but like 
certain well, they're things working like on that. it. Oh, wow. You're going to have to tell us about that later. And you have the inside scoop. <laughs> but see, even that, even that is possible, becoming invisible. Um, well, thank you so much, Katia. Really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I'm going to be watching you from a distance, watching your career. And thank you for taking the lead. Thank you so much. Katia is definitely a Latina taking the lead. If you want to follow her journey, you can find her on Instagram at Kat Voltage and on her website, kechazarreta.com. Please like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Latinas Take the Lead. And remember, don't be afraid to break barriers and Latinas take the lead. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com.